Thank you, orchestra too. Can we can we just give a hand clap to the orchestra? Sorry, guys, I forgot. <laughs> Amen. Choir's taking their summer break. Um, they'll be back the third week of August, I think, some second or third week, and we'll miss you, choir. You add a lot to our services. Thank you so much. <clears throat> the day of Pentecost, we celebrated that a few weeks ago. That day of, of the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy was fulfilled that day. The birthday of the Christian church. What was the result? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They, those 120 people that were gathered in the room in Jerusalem waiting for ten long days. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were waiting and praying and waiting and praying, and it happened. The Holy Spirit fell upon them, and they were all filled. An incredible work of God's grace was done in their hearts that day. What a day it must have been. I would have loved to have been there among them. It was an experience, to say the least. It was awesome, and it changed everything. It changed them from wimps to warriors. It changed them from people who were cowering in fear behind locked doors to people who boldly proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. It changed them from groupies to gladiators. Groupies, people that just hung around Jesus because they liked to see the miracles and things that, that He did. He made them feel good. They changed from groupies to, to people that had put on the armor of God and said things like, with God all things are possible. They changed from, I hope so, to, I know so, followers of Christ. They had a theme song way back then. Their theme song went like this. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. You thought that was a recent chorus, didn't you? That was their theme song. I'm going to follow Jesus to the day I die, and I'm going to follow Him with every ounce of strength in my being. <clears throat> what was the dramatic change? What happened? In these ordinary people's lives, people just like you and me, what happened? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was God's spiritual plan for these people. It was God's next step for these folks. And it changed everything. Absolutely everything. It even changed their little church. The first obvious change that happened is, overnight, 3,000 people were added to their group. Now, after the day of Pentecost, there were about 120-ish people in that little church. And overnight, they added 3,000 people. What would happen to Grace Point? <clears throat> we have more than 120 people here. Normally about 800 and some on a Sunday, let's just say that, that next week, next Sunday, out of the blue, 3,000 people showed up in addition to who we are right now. They just showed up because they just, 
were filled with the Lord. They, they experienced God and they came and they just chose to serve God and worship right here with us and through the life of this church. What would happen? Do you think anything would change? You couldn't find a parking place. You'd have to park all the way down by the river, maybe. You couldn't find a seat. We would, we would be, have, we'd have somebody out there in the parking lot looking for the fire marshal's car. There would be all kinds of things that would change. It, the, the same thing was then, then happened then and even more. 3,000 people. So that was a visible change. But there was an invisible change that was going on. This invisible change, this deep work of God, they were filled with the Spirit. This, this deep work of God's grace in their hearts became more visible and obvious with each passing day as their lives screamed the fruit of the Spirit. I would have loved to have been there to experience that, that, that feeling, I guess, of the fruit of the Spirit being displayed and practiced throughout the body of Christ. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Whew, that must have been... Awesome. Last Sunday, we looked at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. That's what we spent our time on last Sunday, one verse. And, and last Sunday, it was our first glimpse into the, the window of that first spirit-filled church, what it looked like, what happened, how it, how it presented itself on a practical, um, everyday level, this, this, this spirit-filled church. And verse 42 of Acts chapter 2 says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. See, the result of that great day of outpouring, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that day of Pentecost, the result was this, a deep, deep devotion to the teachings about Jesus Christ. These 3,000 plus, well, 3,120 some people, they couldn't get enough of the apostles' teaching about Jesus. Tell us again that story down by the lake where, where they fed, you fed all, Jesus fed all those people. Tell us that story about when you were in the boat and it was a storm and Jesus came walking. Tell us that story when Jesus rose from the dead. They could not get enough of the stories. They sat at the apostles' feet, filled with the Spirit, just bringing it out of the apostles. Tell us more about Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest than ever was heard. They longed to hear about Jesus. That was one result of this spirit-filled group. The second result that we see in verse 42 is this, this deep, deep devotion to fellowship. Again, a display of the fruit of the Spirit. This, this deep devotion to fellowship. This, this loving, caring community that actually really did care, for, care about each other and, and loved each other and shared everything they had with each other. See, nothing like that had ever happened on the face of the earth. It was all brand new. 
And people saw it, this fellowship that they were connected to, that they were practicing in their community of believers. When people saw that, they were drawn to them. They were drawn because they said, I want to be loved like that. I want to be cared for like that. I want to be be shared with like that. This deep devotion to koinonia fellowship. They all worked at it. They all worked at it on a daily basis. It wasn't easy, but it was important to this spirit-filled body of Christ. They also had this deep devotion to the Lord's Supper. Thank you, God, for your Son, Jesus Christ, and all He's done for us. We celebrate by receiving the Lord's Supper. Then they also experienced this deep, 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 deep devotion to prayer. This intimacy with God that just seemed to be growing, filled with the Spirit, and, and growing as they, they just sought to know God with all their hearts. This, this intimacy with God that, that developed this, this relationship, this, this vertical relationship with God so that we, we love Him with all of our heart. Verse 42 shows us that the first century spirit-filled church was really just a, a simple church. There wasn't a lot of fluff to it. They just taught about Jesus, loved each other, shared in communion with each other, and prayed. That's pretty much it. The simple church of the spiritual church of the first century. And that church, without the fluff, changed the world. Now, verse 43 gives us another glimpse, another snapshot of that first century spirit-filled church. Let's look at it together. Verse 43, Acts chapter 2 says this. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Everyone was filled with awe. Lord, would you teach us this morning what that means? Would you help us maybe to even experience it, Lord, today? Oh, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. The church, after the day of Pentecost, after this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it was a simple church. But verse 43 tells us it was also an awesome church. That little church... That, that exploded in growth, was an awesome church. It says, verse 43, in the first part of verse 43, everyone was filled with awe. Now, the word translated awe here in this verse is actually the Greek word phobos. We get our word phobia from that, and it really means fear. But fear, in the English language, doesn't necessarily carry the right connotation for what the author wants to say here. The word, the English word awe is closer to what they were experiencing. The reason that the Greek word is translated awe here is it, it seems to fit the context better. One writer puts it this way. The word awe refers to a holy fear. In response to the presence of God, it describes the feeling, the attitude of reverence that comes when you realize that God is at work. We're not talking about some 
little thing here. We're talking about God. And when you really understand and realize that God is at work, it's awesome. Reverence, respect, holy realization about who you're dealing with. Or or should I say, who's dealing with you? You know, these days, people like you and me, I think that we have a little problem. I know I do. I think the problem is we're too comfortable with God. See, God was never meant to be comfortable. He was always meant to be awesome. But I think sometimes today, after 2,000 years and more, we have gotten too chummy with God. We've gotten too nonchalant with God. Too ho-hum. Maybe it's too normal. Or maybe he's been too traditional. He's just part of my tradition. Too ordinary. Do you know why I think that is? you know why I am sure that is? Is because it's been too long since we have experienced God. It's been too long since we've actually had an experience that was life-altering. Let me ask you this. When is the last time that you have experienced the, the, the outpouring of the Spirit of God in a way that it just changes everything? Have you ever experienced that? When is the last time that, that God did something for you that everybody noticed? It was obvious what happened to you. See, that's what they were saying. The people around those people in the first century, they were saying, look how they love one another. Look how they're living together with one another. Look how they're caring about one another. You see, God had done something awesome in their lives. And no one could deny it. Everyone was filled with awe. You know why? God came. God came. These ones that were, that were sitting in this room in Jerusalem waiting... They on purpose put themselves right smack dab in the path of God's next work in their lives. They didn't know what it was. Didn't know what to expect. But they said, you know what, God? I want all that you have for me. I don't want you to hold back at all, God. Even give me a glimpse. Put me to my knees, God. Give me what you have. I want it all. And God filled them. With the Spirit, God came. It was awesome. It was miraculous. It was obvious. It was real. God came. The Holy Spirit was poured out. You better believe they were filled with awe. They were filled with awe for the rest of their lives because of that. Perhaps recently you've heard, you've heard some of us talk about the, the, the revival that happened in the 1950s on the Hebrides Island near Scotland. You can actually look that up on, on the Internet and get this great account of what happened there. 1950s. 
You know, if you would go there today to the Hebrides Islands, you could find people that were there, that experienced that 1950s outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And let's just say you go up to their door and you knock on the door. They open the door, they invite you in, probably for tea. They'll sit you down and they'll be just start talking, you know, a little, little small talk to get to know, you know, how long to get here. Are you okay? Do you need to rest a little bit? You know, it's a long way from America. No, no, I, I just want to ask you one question. They sit down and they, they just get, you, you get their full attention. I just want, want to ask you one question. What was it like? What was what like? What, you know, the, the revival. What was it like? And to a person, they can't get one word out about that awesome experience without weeping. They start to weep. You know why? God came. And they are still filled with awe. (laughs) When God comes, brothers and sisters, we're always filled with awe. There's nothing normal or ordinary or ho-hum or nonchalant about it. There is too often in the church today normal. But that's not the proper manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That's not the proper manifestation of God Himself among His people. Everyone was filled with awe. You see, a God that we have, or that we, that we are in awe of, a God that we fear is not a comfortable God. Not comfortable. And those people in the first century, they lived way outside of their comfort zone. They were filled with awe. Oh. C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia has this character named Aslan. Aslan is the son of the great emperor over the sea. Aslan is he represents in, in, in Lewis's works <clears throat> Jesus. Aslan is also a lion. There's another character, Lucy, one of the characters, and when she hears <clears throat> excuse me, that, that Aslan is a lion, she says, Then is he safe? Safe? said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Of course God isn't safe. Of course God isn't normal. Is your God normal? Do you walk in these doors in a casual way, not expecting anything? You're serving the wrong God. There's nothing normal about Him. God is not comfortable or routine or normal. You see, our God is not in our control. And that's the rub. God, you know what? I'll, I'll serve you. I'll follow you if I can control you. I set the agenda. I choose the path. 
I choose the lifestyle. If you can fit into all of that, God, I'm going to follow you, but I've got to control you. Hogwash! Can I say that? That's not God. That's shallow, ineffective, frustrating Christianity. It is all out for Him, filled with awe. God can't be controlled by you. If your God is, if you are controlling your God, He's the wrong God. Our God is not able to be controlled. He's powerful and maybe even a little wild, like a lion. That first century church existed with a holy fear and, and an awe that defined their lives and drew people to Christ. Everyone was filled with it. It impacted everything about them. It impacted how they listened to the apostles teaching about Jesus. I can't get enough. I'm filled with God. I'm filled with the Spirit. I want to know all of it. There is to it. Tell me. Give it to me. It impacted how they treated each other. I don't necessarily like you, but I'm going to get along with you and I'm going to love you because that's what God would want me to do. Somebody say amen. I shouldn't say this. But I don't like everybody in the body of Christ. Some people rub me the wrong way when they carry Bibles. But you know what? In that first century, those brothers and sisters that paved the way, they were so filled, they were so filled with the Holy Spirit that the things they had against each other seemed to grow strangely dim. And they worked at fellowship. This outpouring of the Holy Spirit also influenced greatly how they prayed. Everyone was filled with awe. They never took God for granted. They never walked into a place of worship casually. They never texted through any service. Who would do that? I mean, as they worshiped God. They never slouched in their chairs. They never fell asleep. Something was happening. They were filled with awe. And let me just say this. The fact that they were filled with awe had more to do about how their hearts were prepared for worship than what happened in worship. Ooh, that was good. Man, that was good. Do you come prepared to worship? Do you come anticipating something? I was over in Korea. I was at a university over there. Went to their chapel. And 30 minutes before the chapel, these are university students, 30 minutes before the chapel, these students would be sitting in their seats, just kind of rocking back and forth. You could hear this holy hum, this praying as they were preparing their hearts for worship in chapel. Would you be surprised to hear that their chapels were powerful? (laughs) 
How late do you go to bed on Saturday? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forget it. I didn't mean to. I didn't even have that written down. Do you come prepared to receive something from God? Everyone was filled with God's outpouring, God's presence resulted in signs and wonders. Verse 43 continues and says, Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. See, this was God doing supernatural works through the apostles. Things were happening there. There were healings. There were exorcisms. There were miraculous conversions. Peter miraculously freed from prison in in Acts chapter 12. Paul and Silas miraculously freed from prison in Acts chapter 16. They were freed by an earthquake. The walls fell down, the doors came off, and no one was injured. (laughs) A coincidence, probably. Incredible stuff was happening to the glory of God. You see, God came. And God stayed, and they believed, and their faith was lived out with an almost reckless abandon. Living dressed with the armor of God, charging into the teeth of the enemy and the battle. With God all things are possible. Everyone was filled with awe, and stuff was happening all around them. It was exciting. It was breathtaking. It was awesome. And there were no cell phones. They had an awesome church. Is it any wonder that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved? They couldn't keep people away. They had trouble with the fire marshal too. They couldn't keep people away. Everyone was filled with awe. I must confess... As I read this verse this week, I was a little jealous. Perhaps a better way to say it was, I had this longing that God would do the same thing for us. I had this longing that that the Holy Spirit would, would fill this place and the roof would be blown off to the glory of God. You see, when God comes... Everything changes. It's been too long, brothers and sisters, since we have had a a corporate outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this place. There have been individual things, you know, and when the presence of God comes, few of us have experienced it in this little prayer room here. You walk in and some of us and just cry. It just, where'd that come from? God came. A powerful experience of God right here. If that happened here, just like for them, everything would change. Father, one section at a time, one seat at a time, come. Come, Father. Forgive us for coming into this place with a casual attitude. Forgive us for not fearing You, being in awe of You. Holy God, come. Fill this place. Fill each heart. Take us to our knees. We humbly bow before You and wait. In the remaining moments 
this morning. I ask everyone here to show God the honor, respect, fear that he deserves. I ask you to sit for a few moments in awe of him. Father, you are worthy of all praise, honor, respect, fear, and awe. Come, Father. Come. And everyone was filled with awe.